All right, we're at Psalm 82, Psalm 82, and we're going to look today. This is going to be different. I, I'm, I'm just kind of giving you a little bit of a warning, all right? Um, it's been a burden on my heart. It always is, always is, as we come to uh, this time of year, and we have this wonderful thing happening on Tuesday that is, uh, doesn't happen everywhere. Now, hear me out. I want to say this all up front. I do not believe that politics is the answer to America's problems. I don't care who we put in office, it's not going to fix the problems that America has. Jesus is the answer. Do you understand? And the way we're going to change America is for God's people to live in a godly fashion and take the gospel to a lost and dying world. That's going to change America. And that's going to turn the world upside down. Uh, you know, Jesus is, is the way that we're going to really change what's happening in America. And I want you to understand that, but I'm going to preach a little bit about politics. And it's not politics like you might think. This isn't Democrat and Republican and Libertarian. This is just what God has to say. Turn, if we're in Psalm 82, let's begin at verse 1, a Psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked, Salah? Defend the poor and fatherless, do justly to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the land of the, of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, or ye are my children, and all of you are children of the Most High, but ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Listen to what Psalms 80, or Psalm 11 says. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Father, I pray that you would help us today to see the foundations that you've given to us. And God, I ask that you would just uh, open up our hearts and our minds to what you would like to do in this land that we call America and on this planet that we call Earth. God, I ask that you would burden our hearts for those around us who are in desperate need. And Lord, may we not be sidetracked by things that can only bring temporary relief. And may we allow you to use us to change our world. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what do we do when the foundations, listen to what it says, the foundations of the earth are out of course. I don't know about you, but I, as I look at the society that we have around us, that's kind of the conclusion that I come to. The foundations are out of course. And when the foundations are, are shaken, what are the righteous supposed to do? If the foundations are destroyed, how is it that we're going to step in and make a difference in our nation? Well, I want to first of all remind you of some of the foundations. Can I just do this? Now, this is going to be where it gets political, all right? Political meaning, meaning national, not necessarily political meaning politics, all right? But I want you to hear this. A few years back, our president at the time was President Obama, stood up and in a speech declared that the United States 
is not a Christian nation. Do you remember that? And uh, I took issue with him then. I still take issue, but I want you to understand why I take issue and to, to grasp what it is we're talking about. Go if, with me, if you will, to, um, to Saudi Arabia. Go with me, if you will, to the Arab Emirates. Go with me, if you will, to Jordan or Egypt. And uh, tell me, please, what kind of a nation are they? They're Muslim nations. You know why they're Muslim nations? Because there's only Muslims that live there. No. That's not what makes them a Muslim nation. And if by saying, if our president meant by saying this is not a Christian nation, that we are not a nation that is only made up of Christians, I will agree. That's true. But what makes this a Christian nation is the same thing that makes those Muslim nations. Or if we were to go someplace else, like say to Japan uh, or to China, you might say that there's a different kind of nation. China is what kind of nation? Don't think religion. Communist, right? It's a communist nation. What makes it a communist nation? Well, this is important for us to get these definitions down. What makes the nation is the foundation upon which their laws and their society are built. Do you understand? The reason that those other nations I mentioned are Muslim nations, not because they're only Muslims that live there, but because the basis of their laws and their structure is, is Islam. That's the basis of their, their laws. In America, the foundation, the basis of our laws and our structure is the Bible. Whether you like that or not, I don't really care how people think about it. It's the reality. You can't change reality just because it, it's not convenient for you. I don't, even, I don't care what your politic is. right? So it, it may not be convenient for a politician to stand up and say we're a Christian nation, but we're a Christian nation. Do you know why you are not allowed to speed on the interstate? I'm not saying that you don't do it. You know why you're not supposed to speed on the interstate? It is not because you might get hurt. It is because you might hurt someone else. And your rights end where someone else's rights begin. And that is a Christian concept. The reason that you can't beat your wife into submission, gentlemen, is because we're a Christian nation. But go to another nation, and that might not be the case, ladies. You can be beaten into subjection, legally. Why? Because the foundation of their law is different than what the foundation of our law is. So we, we have this foundation of Christianity. Let me just kind of walk you through that historically real quick, and then we're going to just jump into the message. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created Can I help you out here? That is a uniquely Christian concept. Other religions do not believe that. Hindu caste system, right? Not all men are created equal. I'm well aware that in our history, even in our history of our Baptist churches, we did not always view this rightly. But... The founders of our nation understood this. All men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
This is unique to Christianity. God grants free will. If you want to be an idiot, you're free to do so. I'm very serious. Very serious. That's unique. You know, we, we, we literally have a society that allows you to be... I'm not trying to say... I don't want to say that word in case we have any little ones in here. Stupid, right? Brutish. Brutish. It allows you to be brutish. We have that. But your right to do that ends where my rights begin, right? So you can't do those things if it's going to cost me money or cause me pain or cost me my life, my liberty, my pursuit of happiness. It's a unique thing. We're based on Christian principles, and these are our foundations. But if the foundations be shaken, if the foundations be destroyed, what are the righteous supposed to do? Listen to some other foundations. All right, I'm going to give them to you quickly. These are just our government foundations. But I'm telling you that we have these foundations because we are a Christian nation. Listen to what the Bible says. The First Amendment. You have freedom of religion, speech, and freedom of the press. Find that anywhere else on the planet, would you please? You know why it's unique? Because we are ba- we are, our foundation is the Bible. Again, it's not, it may not be politically correct, and it may not be politically expedient for some people to be able to say that, but it's the reality. But what are we, God's people, supposed to do if the foundations are destroyed? Now, this is, we can argue forever whether or not the right to bear arms is found in the Scripture, right? Did they bear arms in the Bible? yes. But, you know, whether or not God actually states this is your right, we can argue forever. But our founding fathers said, based upon what they understood putting together the foundation for our country, whose basis was already declared as being the word of God, they came to the conclusion we should have the right to bear arms. Third Amendment says that they can't force us to house soldiers. Fourth Amendment we have the right to protect our, of protection from unreasonable searches and seizures of our government. Fifth Amendment, we have the right to protect our lives, our families, our liberty, and our property. That's, the Bible, that's what the Constitution says. Again, these things are, have as their foundation the Word of God. Sixth Amendment, we have the right to a speedy and fair trial. By the way, that's, that's a wonderful thing. Think that one through for a minute. That, think on any other, any other place in the country, or in the, in the world, where these kinds of things show themselves up. Um, and, but what do we do when the foundations are shaken? We have the right to appeal in civil cases, in the Seventh Amendment. In the Eighth Amendment, we have the right to not have excessive bail or excessive punishment or excessive fines placed upon us that everything that is put upon us ought to be reasonable. That's why we don't spend life in prison for stealing a loaf of bread. Do you understand? Because we can't have it excessive. Ninth Amendment. All other, I love this, this is my absolutely favorite. Uh, ninth and Tenth are my favorite uh, amendments. Other rights that aren't listed in the Constitution belong to the people. The states are the people. That's what Nine and Ten say. Basically, if we fail to mention something, it doesn't automatically go to the federal government. Now, 
I say all of this to show you that we have a foundation upon which our nation is built. And now it's a nation. Hear me. I, I, I know. I, I know that God sets up kingdoms and God establishes leaders. I'm aware of how all of this works in the scripture. And I am saying all of this is prefaced by the fact that politics are not the salvation of America. I don't care who gets elected or doesn't get elected come Tuesday or 10 years from now or 25 years from now. The only hope for America is found in Jesus Christ. That's it. So I, I, I you know, the, the emphasis is not on voting. The emphasis is on Christ. That's where the emphasis has got to be. And we get off of that, which can I point out that's part of our problem, that we've gotten off of that. You know, I, I get concerned when people wave a constitution quicker then they wave the word of God as Christians, right? I personally believe if the Constitution is based on the word of God, all I have to do is wave the word of God, right? We've got it taken care of. So here in, in Psalm 82, he comes to this. He says, and it's an amazing thought. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness All of the foundations of the earth are out of course. If the foundations, Psalm 11 says, be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, let me give you the answers now. I want to show you the answers. We've got these foundations. They're there. Those foundations, by the way, ought to... And just to throw this out there, when you elect somebody, it ought to be someone who's going to build on the foundation, not change it. What makes us a Christian nation is the foundation. Change the foundation, and I'm going to join President Obama in saying we're not a Christian nation. The foundation. Because other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Change the foundation, and everything changes. So let me show you this real quickly, and and then we'll, we'll get to the meat of the message. God established three Three institutions. The first and most important is the home. First institution. Therefore, in Genesis chapter 2, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And God established the home. And God established the home so that we might develop strong, godly homes and raise up our children in the nurture and admonition of Christ so that they might, out of joy and love for him, serve him and honor him and all of these things. And God wants his people to be actively involved in the home. Would you agree? Every wife is saying, amen, pastor, preach it, and nudging their husband. <laughs> Because as husbands, we do have a tendency to think, well, my job is to go work and their job is to do the home. But you don't find that in the Bible. That's not the way it works. God expects his people to build a solid, strong home. So God established the institution of the home. God established the institution of the church in the New Testament. The church is brought in. The idea of this is that that God then Establishing the church. Do you think God wants his people involved in the church? Hello? 
since his people are the church, right? This building is not the church. This building is a building. That's what it is. It's a building. We can meet anywhere and be a church. You know, we conveniently set up places for ourselves to meet. But the building is not the church. God's people are the church. And yes, his expectation is that we would work together to develop strong, godly believers in our body, that we would be able then to go out and cause others to see the joy of serving Jesus and bring others to a saving knowledge of Christ. And God's expectation is that his people be vitally involved in the church. And God established government. And it always amazes me that God's people say, God established a home, we ought to do it. God established a church, we ought to do it. God established a government, leave it to somebody else. I'm sorry. I don't see that kind of God in the scripture. I don't. In fact, think this through for a moment. Some of the greatest people of the Old Testament were politicians, for lack of a better term. Right? Were world leaders. They were involved. God did not establish the institution of the government and then hand it over to the devil any more than he did the home of the church. Now, it is true that God's people have from time to time handed the home over to the devil. And that God's people have from time to time handed the church over to the devil. But that's not the way God intended it. God has established these institutions for the purpose of letting his people have the opportunity to establish the foundations upon which society is built. I'll prove it to you. Listen to what this verse says. Righteousness exalteth, what's it say? A nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalteth a nation. And God's expectation is for those of us who have been touched by the grace of Jesus Christ, whose lives have been changed, whose direction of our life, the path that we're taking is different from everybody else's, that that ought to be leading us toward righteous living, which ought to have a great impact on our society. Now, God's expectation, Christian, is that we're involved in all three of these things, and I think you ought to be voting on Tuesday. Amen? And if you're not signed up to vote, it's too late now, but you ought to be getting yourself signed up to vote the next time around. Say, well, you know what? It doesn't make a difference. And it's exactly that that does make the difference. You know, several years ago, the church said, hands off. I'll grant you that government is sticky and messy. But try pastoring a church. You know, we're all a bunch of sticky, messy people in need of a Savior, right? And if we're just staying away from sticky, messy, then what what else are we going to do? You know, all I can say is don't get married, don't have kids. Man, it's sticky and messy. Dealing with people is not easy. But this is what God has called us to do. So that we can establish a righteous foundation upon which a church, a home, and the government could be built. But if we're not careful, what happens is they do not know. Neither will they understand. They walk in darkness and all the foundations of the earth are out of course. And if the foundations be destroyed, what are the righteous to do? So folks, 
God has honored us. We're blessed. We actually do live in a Christian nation. Not that it always does the right things. And not that it doesn't have its problems. It does. But the foundations of our laws are the principles found in the word of God. And that is why America is unique to the planet. It's a unique place. That is why people want to be here desperately. And people who stand up and whine and threaten that they're going to leave if so-and-so becomes president never leave. Have you ever noticed that? (laughs) They never leave. It's because America is unique. We have a foundation. But those foundations are eroding and trying to be destroyed. And that will happen if you and I do not take part in building the foundation and on that foundation that we've been given. Just as surely as our homes will fall apart if dad steps out and lets mom do all the work, the home falls apart. Just as surely as a church falls apart when it does not deal properly with sin in its midst, when it does not preach the word of God with power, when it does not lean upon God's word instead of our own understanding, when a church is trying to build itself based upon the latest gizmo and gadget or based upon the latest famous speaker who we can bring in. You get the idea? Just as surely as that's going to erode the foundations of those institutions, the institution of our government will will be eroded if God's people step away rather than stepping in. So I want to encourage you. God has blessed us. We have such an honor of being here. But can I say this to you? To whom much has been given, much is required. And I pity the Christian who stands before God, never having voted, who tries to explain to God why they felt they had no responsibility when so much had been given to them. You get the idea? It's not the way we ought to be. The way we're going to impact this nation is to embrace the teachings of Jesus Christ and live them out because righteousness exalteth a nation and Jesus is the answer. He is. And I'm not here to fight the politic. I'm here to declare the power and awesomeness of an almighty God who can do what we think impossible but it's nothing to him. Even to the place of turning America back to its foundation. Possible through God. Righteousness exalteth a nation. Are you ready to take upon ourselves the mantle that God has given us? Dads in the home, all of us together in the church, serving together and in the government, these three institutions that God established, that belong to God, his expectation is that his people will be the ones stepping in, building strong, godly homes, churches, governments. 
so that, you've heard me say this before, I'm ready for the Lord to come back. I am. Every time you say this, teenagers get a little bit squeamish. Uh, I'm ready too, Pastor, just not right now, you know, because they, they want to live life, and you're old, Pastor, of course you're ready for the Lord to come back. I, and I am. I mean, if the Lord came back today, I'm ready. I really am. I, I, I would, in fact, I'm more than ready. It would be a joy. I, I'm that ready. But my concern is not that the Lord's going to come back. That doesn't scare me in the least. But what if the Lord doesn't come back in the next 10 years, 15 years, 25 years, 100 years? What if what we are leaving behind, we literally are leaving behind for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren? If that's the case, I want to build on the foundation something better than we've been building. I want to let God use me. I want righteousness to exalt my home, my church, and a nation that God has given to his people.